it's Leah and I'm beyond excited to introduce you to my new series, the Gerim series. I've had this in mind for a while, to have a series fully devoted to the experiences of the Ger Tzedek. Why? Because I feel that there are so many untold stories which include such wisdom and chizuk. The Ger Tzedek is someone who turned around their whole life in order to live a Torah-observant life and this is not to tap myself on the shoulder, but I just felt that that needed some extra attention. I wasn't actually planning on starting with my own stories, but my friend, who will be featured in this series as well, told me that I should. I thought about it and it's true. I've shared bits and pieces, but I've never really shared the complete story of how, when and why. I've never given that story of why Judaism and how it all began. So this is truly a premiere and it so happened to be that it's my own. To, to tell you my complete story without leaving anything out, I want to share a bit of my background so that you can fully understand um, my values and where I come from. When I was seven, my parents unfortunately divorced, with valid reasons though. I was, dev- I was devastated as a kid. It was really hard for me how my world truly fell apart. Shortly afterwards, my mom remarried her now husband. And at the age of 12, something happened with my father, which made, which made us not to be in touch anymore. I don't need to get, go in depth right now, but what you need to know to understand my story is that I had this deep urge to fix my family. And when I realized that I couldn't change that, I, that urge changed to a desire to create my own family, which wouldn't fall apart. This also caused me to be more to, to want to be more independent. So I started working at the early age of 14. Simple jobs beside my school, such as working in a bakery, the supermarket, you name it. So growing up, and today still, we always had a quizmaster, like me, not like I'm talking about my parents. Um, and when I was about six or so, I really felt a strong desire to pray to Hashem. However, I, I was never taught how and didn't know what to say or do. So I just started to bend down in front of the tree and started to talk. <laughs> my family didn't know what got over me since I wasn't brought up this way. That's my earliest memory I have of believing that Hashem exists. Believing that there was something more than whatever I was doing. I obviously didn't know that it was Hashem back then. But it reminds me that I always knew somewhere, somehow, that there was something. Now, what made me look into Judaism? Um, it's not like a one event that happened that drew that connection, but it's really a series of events which you could only, which I only saw after uh, learning and after really um, starting my process. And then things started to make sense. Um, but it all started out with my grandma living in the heart of the Jewish community here in Antwerp. And it's funny because she she always lived between Jewish people. And my grandfather, actually, uh, who passed away when my mom was three in a car accident. So I, I never met him. 
um, actually worked with a lot of Jewish colleagues uh, since he was polishing and like sharpening uh, diamonds. Um, so I guess in a way we always had that connection. Um, but I always remembered like when my gra my grandma lived here for like 30 years. So I always like I, my mom grew up here and every Wednesday we would go to my grandma after school. And I just always remember the Jewish neighbors um, who were always kind and never failed to greet us. And then another event that happened, which is probably my first memory of Judaism, was that in our strict, strictly Catholic school, uh, we did learn about other religions. And one time we went to visit a synagogue. We might also visit a mosque, but I don't remember anything of that, which is quite funny if you think about it. So I remember visiting the synagogue, which Bel Hashem still exists today. Um, it's a beautiful synagogue where the woman's section is upstairs and the men's section is downstairs. And I, rem I remember being sitting down, being seated downstairs uh, while the Jewish guy who was giving us a tour was explaining their ma main holidays. And I believe I was 11 at the time or so. And I just remember sitting there and feeling such strong connection. Um, it was just, I remembered like these windows. This synagogue has like gorgeous windows in like, special colors and in like a glass I don't know really how to <laughs> what, what name for it is though but it's like in this special glass like the light falls through it beautifully um it was beautiful because I was sitting in this main section and the light was just falling through and I, I, I just thought it was the most beautiful thing I ever saw um and I was just in awe um and not long after that, I actually was supposed to do my second communion. So in Catholicism, you have like one where you're six and one where you're 12. And they basically send you to church to um, of your home time to learn about the basic um, things of the religion. And I remember really feeling so misplaced. I remember being very upset that I had to go and clearly stating that I don't want to go there and I didn't even want to do it um but obviously like my mom didn't agree and she felt like I just had to you know do this um but it, it was funny I just like even though like I always believed that Hashem was there even though I didn't know like it was Hashem but you know I always believed that like Hashem was there but I just didn't connect to the religion at all I felt like there was something wrong um and I didn't like going to church or being there in general um, and it's quite funny because, like, I look like my family, but I always felt like somehow they're going to tell me that like, I'm adopted or something because I just felt like I'm so different on the inside. I feel so different. I, I act so different. And I always was different than them. Um, not the w by the way I look, because I really do look like my mom and my, my dad. Um, from appearance but my insight was just so different and I was always the odd one out um, to say so so um, forward back to uh, when I was 16 um, I started to work in a restaurant called Finjan um, and it was and still is owned by a non-religious but nevertheless Jewish owner um, and it's funny because I met several people through that way, through working there, and I got to know uh, like typical Israeli slash Jewish uh, dishes such as hummus, 
hummus, baba ganoush, shakchuka, zaatar, etc. It was even like before these dishes ever made an appearance in the non-Jewish or non-Israeli world. Um, so I guess that was like my second um, like touch, if that makes sense. Um, and then during my teenage years, I had still I still had like that urge to talk with Hashem but I didn't know how I my mind felt so lost like I didn't know how to pray I'm not sure we even had a bible at home to be honest um and I just didn't know where to start or what to say and just felt like I knew he was there and I knew like there was like I, I was need to do something but I didn't know what and I felt like okay if I believe that he's there what am I doing to honor him? Like, what am I, what am I doing? Um, if I really so strongly believe that, like, he's there and, like, there is, you know, um, there, Hashem is there. So what am I doing to honor him? Um, so a couple of years later, obviously, these are, like, my teens, you know. So you don't, like, think about this every single moment. But I do remember really passing hard times and... What got me through that those times, which is oddly, it's like a, something that really got me through hard times uh, during my teenage years was the the thought of, okay, you know, like, obviously I didn't know Hashem was called Hashem. If I'm talking about Hashem, I really mean just like that I knew there was like God, you know, but I don't want to say that name all the time. So I'm just choosing Hashem. But then obviously I didn't know that like the name for God was Hashem, you know, like, that's obviously not a name, but like, just not to use his name, Chazve Shalom, in vain, I'm using that name, yeah, that's just a side note, so I remember passing a really, like, really rough times um, during my teenage years, and I remember um, what got me through was, if Hashem is sending me these experiences, then I, I must be able to handle to, hand, to to handle with it. I must be able to get through it. If not, he wouldn't send me something like that. So that was, like, that's just to show, like, a picture of how my emuna was. I, I I always really believed, like, I was passing it for a reason. And I, um, I just really believed that, like, I could handle it because he wouldn't, like, test me like that or he wouldn't send send me these experiences if I wouldn't be able to handle it. Um, so when I was 18, um, I was in my senior year of high school, uh, like I should have had, I should have have finished already, but I doubled a year and, um, that was because like, let's just say, let's keep it like not too detailed, but let's just say that I didn't have the easiest childhood and therefore wasn't the easiest teen. Um, but we all... but it will always, it will, blah, sorry, <laughs> um, but it always with a reason um, that I changed to this specific school and this specific area. Like we know, like nothing happens just because. So in the, be- the beginning of January of 2016, I was actually looking for a different job. Um, I usually, com- usually combine the restaurant uh, job, uh, which I did during the evenings, like throughout the week and also in the weekends. Uh, with something like a clothing store during the day on the on the weekends, um, so I was I was walking around my, with my resume because that like that was how 
I used to look for jobs, <laughs> just like handing my resumes out. Uh, and I was just passing it out in stores and I remember feeling like I did all my efforts. So I was passing these small streets and I saw a very handsome guy standing there uh, handing out flowers, uh, flyers. And to be honest, I felt really bad for him because surprise, I did that once as a job as well. And it sucks because a lot of people are not taking your flyer. <laughs> Um, so I took the flyer and he asked me if he could show me something. Now, a little um, backward information that I want to share is that I used to have really, really severe acne. Um, and I actually took medication for it for several years and it finally passed. But um, an effect of that was that I didn't know what skincare to use and I didn't wanna, want it to return. So... I just didn't use anything in the end and then my skin just felt like it dry, dried out. Um, so I had the time and I felt like I could use a break, so I agreed. Um, so when he showed me this product on my wrist, I was shocked to see how soft my skin really felt. Um, and I told him I would be back and I left. So um, I felt my hand the next morning and my skin was still like so soft so I knew I had to get this product. So I went back a week later or so, um, I think exactly a week later, like it was first a Wednesday and then it was a week after that Wednesday um, with a friend and I bought, bought that scrap. And so he told me that I got a free facial which I later found out it's just a trick of them to sell you more things. But okay, <laughs> I thought that's amazing. So um, the week after that, 27 January of 2016 to be exact, I know since I kept a card uh, with the date on it, I went to my free facial. Um, we got talking and talked about a lot of things. And I just felt like this guy was really different, like he had different values and we connected just by talking. And at some point he asked me when that's just like a small anecdote, he asked me like, are you Jewish? Because apparently I look Jewish, like he was not the first um, person to ask me that. But I said no. And he replied, oh, okay, nobody's perfect. <laughs> um, so he asked for, for my number uh, that day and I walked out there out of there feeling like he was really mamash going to be my husband i don't know how i felt that i never had felt that before but i really felt like he was going to be my husband um but then he didn't call and a week passed and i was struggling with what to do uh it's so funny because i actually told my my grandma um like my grandma and I, we have a very like open um connection and I just told my grandma, I felt like, what should I do? And she told me, just like, pretend like nothing happened. And, you know, um, so I remember coming for a second facial and pretending like nothing happened. Um, and apparently he, he later I find out that he, he felt like I was wearing a too open cut blouse. <laughs> um, but OK, you know, like, never mind. So I didn't go a third time. Uh, like, I, I just went that second time. And I didn't know what to do. He didn't call, still call me. Um, so what I did was I thought, you know what? I, if I really feel like so strongly that he was going to be my husband, um, I feel like I should give all my effort. And so one morning 
um, I had a presentation and I knew I looked good, like not in the sense of a super short skirt or anything like that. In fact, I was wearing white heels, a business type of pants and a turtleneck and a long beige coat. Um, don't ask me why I remember, but I remember it looking classy. Um, and I decided I would give it a try a third time and really just give it my all. And if it doesn't work out a third time, then at least I know that I did all my Ishtalut, you know? <laughs> um, so I walked by after my presentation. It was very, really early in the morning. I, I believe it was like 10, maybe like 10.30, something like that. So there, there's, almost no, there's almost nobody on the streets, you know, in the shops. They just opened up and all of that. So I passed the store and he recognized me immediately. So he came to me and I guess he, his coin dropped, as we would say in Belgium. Uh, he really like realized <laughs> that I wasn't there to buy something, but I was there like, you know, um, for something else. And he called me that day and yeah, the rest is, is history. So that's how I met um, my Israeli husband, like my Jewish husband, of course, like Hashem. <laughs> um, but why am I telling you this story? Because like I'm telling you different pieces. I'm just telling you because I told you in the start, it's a series of events. It's not of events. It's not like one thing that happened. And um, I actually used to avoid telling this specific story of how I met my husband. Um in in my Gio story because I didn't want people to get the wrong impression and feel like it's because of my husband that I was converting. It is, but it but it's not, you know? Like it's not, but it is. Um the fact is that I needed a push, I guess, in the right direction. And he needed that too. Um I'm also telling you this story to show you the Hashkacha. Like Hashem has my mash a plan for every single thing. If I didn't have a troubled childhood, I probably wouldn't have doubled my ear. And if I didn't have severe acne, I probably wouldn't have been so interested in a good skincare product, just to name a few. So, we weren't religious when we met and soon moved to Israel. Um, I left that same year with my husband in April. Like, we met in January. Like, that, that connection was 27th of January. And obviously it took another two weeks since he realized that he should call me. Um, and then we got engaged in March, uh, 16th of March to be more specific. Um, and then we left in April because my husband wasn't able to stay here anymore, which sounds really sudden, but I had a choice. And that brings me back why I, I shared what I, what I shared in the start. I really, really had that inner desire such big desire to build my own family um and really like build something strong um and when i had the choice to either start my own family um something that i had dreamed about since i was young or get my high school degree my choice was easily made after we lived uh, in israel with my family-in-law um, for about three to four months we moved to Amsterdam because it was just like too hard for me in Israel to be honest I I didn't have the culture I didn't have the language it was a strange like environment for me and I was living by like a his family um, which they were amazing but like I just really needed my own space and I needed the space with my husband and you know I was still like 18 so um I, I just needed like I needed to be like just with my husband. 
Um, so we moved, moved to Amsterdam and that's actually where we got legally married that same year in August. So <laughs> we, we met in January, we got engaged in March, moved to Israel in April, moved back uh, around, I think, uh, June um, and then got married in August. Um, so it was a busy year. <laughs> let's say, let's say it, let's put it like that. Um, event we, we, we lived in Amsterdam, uh, eventually for like a year. Then we moved back uh, to Israel for about two months, moved to Den Haag, um, lived there only for like a month and a half. Um, and eventually decided, okay, what should we do next? I remember being in such a struggle. I didn't necessarily because we just lived in Israel for two months and it was really, it's just hard for me a bit. It was hard for me then. I don't know if it would, it would, it would still hard for me now because obviously my connection to Israel changed after, beco after becoming Jewish. But it was hard for me then and I just remembered like not knowing what to do. Like we just lived in Israel. We moved to Den Haag. Den Haag is not working out, you know, like for several reasons. Like, I don't know if you know, but in Holland, if you're under a certain age, you deserve, like, you earn basically nothing. Like, next to nothing, you know? Um, so we said, like, maybe we should try Antwerp, like, where I was from. I, I wasn't there in already, like, a year and a half. I, I, I hadn't been there. I, I reconnected uh, while I was in Amsterdam with my family. And, you know, um, we found, like, a way to, to, to reconnect and... Um, I, I felt like it was really like now or never and we just decided um, to give it one last shot in Antwerp before like going back to Israel and really like give it a shot there um, so I guess Hashem decided differently because four years later and we're still here um, so when we ended up back here in Antwerp I started to work like a lot because my husband was applying for his papers here, so I was working a sales job, and in the evening I took even in the evenings I took back my restaurant job, um, which was now in a different restaurant by the same manager, not the same owner, but the same manager who also um, was working in Finjam at the time, and he was also and still is obviously uh, Jewish. Um, so I worked a lot. Um, my husband was also was looking for a job um, and since he didn't speak Dutch he went a few times to hear if the community actually might have a job for him um, that idea actually came from my um, my family um, so he went he even went to the synagogue once and um, that's where someone told uh, him that he should leave me and he got so upset like it was actually one of the last me mitzvot like going to the shul uh which we took on uh while becoming shemer mitzvot he got really really upset about it um and you know the thing is like my husband he 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 was like he didn't care and i think that's the beauty of it because obviously like that's not the way but you know he he didn't care if i was jewish or not which obviously like he should have cared but that like he really was ready for like starting a family and he just like felt like but we we knew that there was something more we've talked about like we talked about it in the start when we met like do you believe in Hashem and do you know there is there is something and 
like we talked about being religious but we never really did something for it so um we struggled for quite a bit um and we did talk here and there about a possible gear but never really took any steps towards it so one day <laughs> it all starts like that right so one day um i met my old colleague who I met through working at Finjan, um, who happened to have a Jewish father and was learning about Judaism with a local teacher. So I thought, okay, that's amazing. Like, I didn't know I wanted to be Jewish, but I just thought it was amazing to know more about the religion of my husband and really, like, look into it before I could ever see myself living as a Jewish person. So I contacted this teacher and he didn't immediately reply. So I tried to contact him again and got an answer. Um, I put on my probably only skirt or dress, I don't exactly remember, uh, which was not of a kosher length for sure. Uh, and I went with my husband to this first meeting. So the teacher agreed to teach me about Judaism for about 50 euros an hour. So I tried my best here and there to take a class, but it was definitely not easy to combine everything. Um, also financially. So I started to learn the history and bit by bit started to understand what Judaism really was about. Um, after learning and doing more research on my own, just to make it more affordable on my end, I would study on my own and write my questions down on a list and then go to my teacher and ask him my list of questions I had. <laughs> Which is funny because people usually tell me that I ask a lot of questions today whenever I'm in a like following a shiur or something like that but they should have seen me then <laughs> um at some point I remember feeling like I even like I remember feeling like even if I wanted to go back I couldn't not after everything I studied and knew at that point and I guess somewhere during that time in 2017 I decided I wanted to convert Now, my husband was actually really happy that I started to know more about his religion, Baruch Hashem. He was beyond thrilled that I understood that eating the pizza Hawaii, which is like a pizza with ananas on it, like pineapple. I say ananas because ananas in Dutch and Hebrew, it's the same. But um, with pineapple on it and also with like pork on it. <laughs> so he was really thrilled that I understood that eating pizza Hawaii was not the way to go. <laughs> And it was even more thrilled that I wouldn't go out in miniskirts anymore. So he was fully on board. Um, especially since my husband actually always dreamt of becoming more religious. Like he grew up traditionally um, in the sense of that they do kiddush but watch TV afterwards, for instance. Um, there was a short period of time when his father passed away, Zechonon Livracha, um, while he was living in the States and he became more religious but that soon ended when he returned to Israel and bit by bit was influenced by his surroundings to go back to his old ways and it's funny because if you know my husband for sure you've heard this story but he always says this story and it's it's such a cute story I think um, that he once was driving like not once there was multiple times that he was that he said like um, when he was past, there was a story that he was passing the border And he said, please, Hashem, if you let me pass the border, like, really, please, please. He, like, say, spoke to Hashem always. 
please, if you ha- if you let me pass the border, I will go back in Chuva. I will go back in Chuva, and he passed the border like a miracle, you know. And several things like that happened, but it was one story in specific that, like, you know, I think is quite cute. Um, he he once was driving, um, and he was really like crying his eyes out, and just asked Hashem. Hashem, please, please help me to become religious. I really don't want to live like this. Please send me a woman that will bring me back in tshuva. Um, and so that's, oh Hashem, what happens? Uh, you know, who better to bring someone back than someone who needs to find their way back, right? Um, and I don't think he realized how much effort it was going to take on his end as well. Um, we are here today. So to summarize it, I started to take those Prigyur classes, as they call it here, uh, which were basically classes just about Judaism and its halachot without the Giyur um, having started. I took them for about a year, where I also studied at home, like I explained. Uh, the hard thing, though, was that I didn't know how to take it further. But, you know... Hashem really, and it always makes me smile, because Hashem really has his ways. Um, if you really want something, Hashem really sees that, and he, he just he just truly helps, helps us out. So he sent me a friend uh, who was converting at the time, and she made a shidduch um, between the mentor um, who ended up doing so much for us. Like, really, he contacted he contacted my bedin. He said he had them sit down with us. Um, it was really difficult, especially since most people thought that I was converting for my husband. You know, um, like I understand because it happened before here in Antwerp. Uh, there were actually, I think, about ten cases just in Chabad of people who asked the rabbi there for help, and they just ended up never keeping anything. Um, which is really sad and I just like like I said I really don't understand because I don't understand how you can go back from knowing like studying this halachot and knowing so much and then go back I I I, I can't like I couldn't I remember it, it, would, it would feel almost as if I'm turning my back to Hashem and like that was not something that was gonna happen um, so yeah, it, it was it was definitely hard because, you know, like people had their doubts about us, which I understand. Um, but it's funny also because those people, those two people which I talked about that um, were converting or were busy with classes, you know, that colleague. Um, and then uh, this girl that was also converting, uh, sadly, both of them, like one uh, ended up, um, the one that took the classes ended up not converting. Which is obviously fine, cause like it's better like to quit before you convert than you know. But the other one converted and um, doesn't keep anything, which is quite sad. But you know, I feel like Hashem really like has his ways of like bringing the people together in the exact like the right time, you know. Um, so I started. Um, to have my meetings and learn on my own uh, with Havrutas and eventually also with my mentor's wife. Um, and we started to keep bit by bit. And I think the, the last mitzvah um, 
which which I, I told you already was going to the synagogue, uh, which was really the hardest, especially for my husband. Um, so that was um, about like in the year of 2018 and I completed my gear uh, in September 2020. So, uh, yeah. Um, so like you have the infamous question of um telling family and close friends um <laughs> i never really had the guts to tell my family directly uh they kind of just figured it out figured it out um i wanted to tell them but i just couldn't like af after everything it was really hard for them and and for me as well i just didn't want more rejection and more issues um, but when they finally asked, I didn't deny it as well. And I actually felt quite relieved afterwards. Like not immediately though, because in the start, it's always a bit awkward. <laughs> um, but it gave me the chance to be more open about it and, um, to share things that I had to tell them. Um, I did tell some friends, um, but most of my friends between brackets though, uh, didn't react positive to it. Like I can say that I probably lost almost all of my friends, except maybe one or two or three people. Not necessarily because they didn't like Jews, but like some really didn't like it, <laughs> like them. But okay, you know, you also also um, because my lifestyle changed so drastic so fast. Like I was twenty when I started. To take those classes um like no I, I actually was one second i was 18 2016 and then i was 19 when i, I started uh 2017 and then 20 when i really started like um with my bed and everything so um my f then friends were partying going to college going for drinks having like this sea of time while I was while I was really trying to build myself and trying to build a family so I guess I did like outgrew some of them as well I did tell I did struggle like uh, that was something that I did tell my family directly obviously I didn't have a choice <laughs> um with telling my um uncle that I was Shomer Negia so he's the only person I ever told uh, to um, from my side of the family and even though he took he took it quite well I've just been avoiding the rest of my family because I'm not sure if it if it go that quite like quite that well because um, like you know it's it's strange a bit you know to tell your your uncle suddenly like hey <laughs> can't give you a hug anymore like you know <laughs> so um, yeah we had that that same struggle though with um my husband's family but it's 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 different like because it's a bit different you know um even though like f for 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 my husband to tell it to the woman of his family like my husband has like a big family okay um and they're very close and for my husband to tell it to his mom like not his mom but his his aunts and um his cousins like they were really like kind of in shock and you know people call you extreme fast these days so yeah that was that was not easy for him at all um yeah but oh Hashem, we got through it 
Um, I did like, like if I experienced any struggles, I did like, ha- to be honest, I had, I struggled many times. Um, and I struggled um, like sometimes with taking on something new, like for example, kosher was really or is really expensive rather and we also just loved junk food and lived around the corner of a pizza hut and I was working at a pizza restaurant like you know it wasn't easy at all for us um but you know like you do what you have to do like I think the main thing like I always thought that my gear took so long because like you know in Israel or in the US it's just a year and I always felt like, oh, mine is really fat. Like, it's really long. I, I had my one year, my pericure, and then two years, my actual conversion, which which isn't that long, but it's three years, almost three years and a half in total. So I just felt, like, really long. <laughs> um, and I just, you know, like, you have to be so patient for it. And I just almost felt like it was really, really too long. But... In, on the other side, like now, I'm really happy that it took that long and that I took my time. And because I, I really managed to be in a place where I'm like happy of my, with my level. And I'm, I, I wouldn't want to start this new journey and be this new person on a different level, you know. And I really was able to take my time to get used to certain things and believe me I had my like my things that were difficult for me I had I had had my time uh, like I took my time to get used to them and if something was really hard I would divide it up into certain things like for example kashrut like we didn't go from zero to 100 you know like I divided it up like not only me yeah me my husband obviously (laughs) Um, you know, we divided it by first, for example, um, not mixing meat and milk. So we would still like eat pizza hut on uh, this kind of things. Then not eating pork and shrimps. Um, and, and, and this is not days. Yeah. This is like, it's going over like months. Um, then just buying like kosher meat and not eating like any other meat outside, um, then, you know, buying like other kosher products and like, you know, really learning like about those things that you, you can't really like buy, um, like those e-numbers, for instance, like what, what has insects in it from the coloring and stuff like that. Um, so that's just an example about kashrut, like for hair covering for me that I divided that also up. Uh, I, I, I think I basically divided everything. For hair covering, I started um, by just like trying things out and buying scarves that I enjoyed um, and, um, you know, going maybe like once to the park with my dog in the front um, in a hair covering um, or making like pictures from it or videos. Those are like like small steps from home. And then I would go out like one day or half a day or just for a walk with a friend, not alone. Um and then I started to cover my hair while praying. Also in the start, when I start, started to cover my hair, like just to try things out and try to, uh, new wraps and things like that, I um, I actually uh, didn't cover all my hair. I just covered like with still showing a bit of hair, which is really like, if you cover your hair, it's really, really different. Um, you'll know, like it's really different 
covering all of your hair or still showing that little bit of your hair you know um like it's new i also divided up into um not wearing like those deep cuts um then wearing sh just regular t-shirts like that the front would be covered um and not wearing like tops anymore and then you know buying like like i would always make sure like for example for snoot i would always make sure that i would buy like the next thing that i would buy would be something um snoot in at that level because obviously like i i didn't um i did whatever was cool like snoot for me then is not snoot for me now anymore but that was at that level and i would just make sure that i would always like if i would was buying something new that I wouldn't buy something that I that was not snealed anymore. So that way you're just like kind of replacing things in your closet. So um yeah, like that's something that I, like I struggled with a lot of things. Um and um like for example, I didn't like have what to wear like for with snealed um at first and I didn't find anything. Um like how I was going to leave my jeans behind. Like you don't understand. I was literally the 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 girl who I I think if I see any picture I was in jeans, okay? Any picture. <laughs> Legit any picture. Jeans or like um I'm like thinking maybe like a legging. I don't know. I had like one legging. So it was mostly jeans, let's be honest. Um and my first Shabbat like was like also a huge struggle. I I was convinced that I couldn't read, that we weren't able to read. <laughs> so my husband was reading from the Sido to do um, like Kiddush. And I was like, hey, you can read. <laughs> and it literally drove me nuts. Like, you know? Um, but every time there was something that did feel like a major struggle at the time, I, I just tried to like divide it up and I just tried to get through it. Cause I just, I couldn't leave it like, you know, I really want this. I really want that connection to Hashem. So I have to do something for it, you know? Um, so, yeah, the hardest mitzvah for me probably was snoot. Like I said, I really was never the type of girl to have a lot of skirts. Um, I think it was very rare to see me in skirts or dresses. Um, in any picture, I'm almost am dressed the same way. Like an open cut blouse with a jeans. And it was hard. It was hard, you know. But I I tried to see it in a different light as well. And say, well, at least I get a chance to renew my closet. Um, and Baruch Hashem, it's hard for a while. But I really, like I said, I really took it step by step. I didn't go from nothing to everything. Um, and like I think the last thing that I dropped was um wearing my jeans at the restaurant because I still was working at the restaurant I think the last thing that we did was like um yeah the synagogue thing but right before that was Shabbat because Shabbat was also this major like obstacle it, it looked like this major obstacle for us um and um it's funny because I remember this story of um what motivated us <laughs> uh i guess like to which which about like i don't know my husband always like remembers these kind of stories which i tend to forget but then he always reminds me so i'll share it with you as well 
So um, we were like, you know, growing it, obviously. And I remember we just had Saza because um, we had Saza since 2017. Um, and I remember uh, like I had a car from the company uh, that I was working for. And um, we were just going like on a Saturday to um, to to shop in, in like a shopping center close by. So I was driving and it was a Saturday and um, we we got into this like accident out of nowhere, legit out of nowhere. Um, some ambulance switched lines and I just happened to take off, like like go in the ne next settings of, um, you know, speeds. And there was three cars in front of me and they suddenly stopped and I couldn't stop. Um, like I tried with all my brakes. <laughs> Um, and my little Zaza was in the back of the car. Um, my husband was my husband was next to me, and the car was just complete. The car completely broke. Like that's it. Like it was like how we say it here is like per total. Um, and for me, like for me, I, I didn't like I was just in shock a bit. But uh, for my husband, that was really like a sign of Hashem. Like you have to keep Shabbos. Like that's it. <laughs> Um, so that's just like one of those stories that we had, um, but about Sneot, like I really started to feel like a lady and realize what type of skirts and styles I liked. And I started to share it more on social media because I really felt like there was nothing out there at the time, um, and thought it might inspire <laughs> my husband's family to dress more Tsunua. Um, and even and eventually I got inspired myself by all the different styles and I just slowly but surely grew into it. Um, now I had hard times and it wasn't easy at all. Um, but like I said, like I, I can't say that I ever wanted to quit because knowing what I knew, even if I wanted to, I couldn't go back. Like it would have been like like I said before like it would have been like turning my back to Hashem which no matter how much I work like how much hard work it took I was not planning on doing that um and it's funny because I remembered at the start of those lesson lessons often feeling like I don't want to change I really feel good with myself I've come to such a place that I'm at peace with myself and I don't think I'm doing anything wrong but I realized that if I wanted this whatever that entailed um, that I would needed to accept that I would not be the same person and that I really had to change, um, which was, I guess, in a way, the biggest challenge for me. Because I always thought I felt comfortable, but it really helped me um, knowing and accepting. Like that was really the biggest challenge to accept that I would need to change but it helped me through everything because once you have accepted that you will change and you, ex you are accepting the change whatever that might be it will help you say okay let's do this in an easier way um, so my advice for others would be um, to think very good if this is what you really want if this is really how you want to live because if not then that's totally amazing like you do you um, and if yes, you really need to go all in. Like you cannot say 
you cannot pick and choose you know like you cannot say i'll do this mitzvah and I, i won't do this one you really need to accept that you won't be the same person you are today you will be a different person you'll think different you'll act different you'll dress different you do you'll do different things are you really ready for that like you know um and before anything you need to be ready to be different because that's really the first step accepting that you will change and then you're halfway already um and that's my story so baruch hashem i have more anecdotes to tell but this is really the red wire throughout my journey and i'm so thrilled that you listen to all of it and i'm even more excited uh, for all the stories to come on this uh gerim series uh where we really where, where we really will focus on the experiences of the gerzedek um if you enjoyed this episode please do forward it to your friends and family please do remember that it's a ladies only podcast um and it's it's much appreciated also if you want to give us back uh, feedback um personal feedback uh could be sent through whatsapp or uh my website which is loveleapodcast.home.blog and if you're listening on apple podcast make sure to scroll all the way down and leave a review um or a rating um and thanks so much for being here i hope to Have you again on the next episode of this series, which will be this coming Sunday, Bezrat Hashem. Um, and yeah, I'm really just super thrilled. Um, until then, have an amazing day and week and um, sending you lots of love, Leah.